Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Girl Next Door podcast. I am. I think excited is the wrong word, but I am actually excited about the guests that we have today on Girl Next Door. We are going to unpack this whole welcome to country, and I know everyone knows what I mean when I talk about that, but we will unpack it. Um, And I've got a friend of mine who I will introduce in just a moment, and she will introduce herself uh, as well. But I feel like this is a topic that we almost dare not broach or dare not talk about, especially me. I'm like as white as they come. I'm from Europe. My family were born in Holland. I am first generation Australian. And so I'm really glad I've got my friend because if I say the wrong thing, she will just laugh and correct me. But I think we all feel that way, that we don't want to offend. We don't want to say the wrong thing. Language has changed. It's like, what am I what, what am I allowed to say? What am I not? And if anyone sees our church or pictures of our church, we've actually got an extremely diverse church. So we do have these conversations with each other. So I'm really excited to introduce to you my beautiful dear friend, May. Welcome, May. Hello. Thank you for having me. Here she comes. Between us, we hope we're not interrupted by May's little toddler and my puppy. <laughs> so if we get interrupted and there's noise, guys, it's it's a real thing. We're just two two mummers. Well, I'm a dog mum now. This would be fun. I know, this would be great. Okay, so we're going to unpack Welcome to Country. But before we do, May, can you just, look, there's so many things you could tell us about yourself. So you pick, who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Go. Yeah. Um, well, given the the topic of our conversation, I just just want to acknowledge that as a visitor, where I am living and working, that I am on Yagara Turuba country. Um, my connection is with uh, Wutati country, which is a beautiful piece of white sand up on the eastern side of Cape York. It's the only white sand up there. That's my Aboriginal connection and I have Torres Strait connection to Woigu Island and Murray Island as well. Um, and I'm a and I'm a proud mama uh, to Mosese and I'm a wife to my beautiful husband, Cesar, and he has Fijian heritage as well. So um, we have a lovely fruit salad family um, <laughs> that, yeah. And Masesi, we I say his name so Australian, so Aussie Ocker, Masesi. <laughs> <laughs> he is gorgeous. He is edible. That kid between you. Oh, here he is. Oh, you guys can't see him, but I can see him. Hey, but oh, hey, buddy. He's saying hello to everyone. Oh, hey, bud. How old is he, May? Hey. Now? He just He'll turned sixteen months. Yeah, sixteen yeah. months. And because May and Cesa are both insanely talented musicians, so we are literally like he is going to be an insane musician. This kid, I reckon, is going to – we've got him down to play drums by the age of five at church. What do you reckon, Masessi? Yeah. <laughs> he loves the microphone. <laughs> 
So May, what about like, um, so you, you're a Christian obviously as well. Um, and what about uh, work, what you do for work? Yeah. So I'm really fortunate that, well, I, I honor that creatively I've been planted in the house most of my life as a musician and creative. And it's really <laughs> set me up to follow that as a passion in my life. And I've been fortunate enough to go down the route of um, the other end of uh, not just being a creative, but also um, a creative administrator and a producer. So I've been working with the um, First Nation theatre company Ilbidgery in in Melbourne and and producing alongside a an awesome creative team full of elders, Torres Strait elders and creatives as well, a sci-fi children's story. And also working with the Australian Performing Arts Market as a First Nation producer there and and working alongside international First Nation Indigenous artists and producers, presenters around how we could provide safe passage culturally for them and for our artists here in Australia as well and just keep yeah. the relationship, yeah. So you, must be, you must be one of the very few First Nation producers in yeah, Australia. There is, there is a handful of us. I mean, um, there is a very strong legacy of of arts makers and, and movers and shakers in the sector, in the industry. But as far as, yeah, anyone around my age in my generation, is, there is a handful of us. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, amazing. Sure. So before we get started on the welcome to country, I feel like I need a lesson in the language that is and isn't um, cor or correct, I guess, for want of a different word, because it is. it seems to be evolving and changing, right? And I know for me, I'm constantly like um, trying to work out, because when, when I was younger growing up, I could say the word Aborigine, like we would say Aborigine, for example. Well, you don't say that now. Or or when I was younger, you didn't refer to someone as a black person, whereas now after Black Lives Matters, it's like, oh, no, you can just say black person or person of colour. So it's like sometimes I err on the side of saying nothing, <laughs> like pretending, you know what I mean? Because it's like, so what is correct now? Because I've noticed that now when we refer to Australia's Indigenous people, I'm hearing you say First Nations, but also people now don't just say Aboriginal, they say Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. It's quite tricky. Um, I think because politically stuff is always evolving. Mm. Um, so language is really, really tricky. You can be correct one day and then tomorrow it's out the window. Um, well, there's no hope really for us then. <laughs> It's really, really tricky, but um, yeah, I think it, it depends where you go in Australia and it's it's always up to the individual as well. Um, like I know that there are uh, people with feelings towards being referenced as First Nations people and not as Aboriginal Torres Strait, but then you go to somewhere like North Queensland or the Torres Straits or mm -hmm. even just in Queensland and they would not identify with First Nation, but Aboriginal Torres Strait. So it's really, really interesting. But um, what has changed as far as language is, um, I must say, the relationship to the word Indigenous. 
mm-hmm. um, because in the constitution we're actually referenced as flora and fauna as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders in the constitution. Really? Yeah, flora so, and um, fauna. Flora and fauna <gasps> in the constitution. So we we have equal rights to flora and fauna. <laughs> uh, so the 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 relationship to the word indigenous and re- and and claiming that as our identity also reflects back to that as being indigenous flora and fauna which is why yeah a lot of people have um yeah negative or yeah they don't really agree with that word and being referenced as indigenous so but then you go to somewhere like Canada or Mm. Aotearoa New Zealand or the Pacific and they also identify with the word indigenous they they don't have the same history as we do as well is something to keep in mind so um yeah so what would what terminology would you use to refer to an aboriginal person in australia yep i think it it depends on what context like if i was to reference myself Mm -hmm. in australia um just like earlier on i would say I have connection to Wutati, which is directly to my Aboriginal connection, or Wagyu or Murray Island, or I would be direct to mm-hmm. where my connection is. Um, if it's broader, like internationally, I would say the same thing, but I'm Aboriginal and Torres Strait, mm. First Nations Australian. Um, and I think if I'm talking to somebody who is Aboriginal Torres Strait, First Nation, mm-hmm. I would also as a first nation person myself mm-hmm. i would reference them from their connection of country yeah 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 okay so i've I got no no chance question. yeah it does but i've got i've got no hope because i don't, like i don't even know the name of any of the you know like all the the tribal yeah links and the name of what you call different places that we we've not been taught that and so I guess for me I probably think the safest is to say Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander yep yeah unless unless or asking the person just saying yeah totally what yeah I always like to explain it that all the different um nations around Australia like Europe right Hmm. so Europe has different countries in it Yes. That people are connected to. So similar like Australia, like Aboriginal Torres Strait Islanders have, have, have been lumped into this big umbrella yeah. covering of a name, but we're actually our own country. Yes. In, you know, there's there's 500 countries in our continent. Well, I bet you a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Well, over yes. 500. If you see the Ab- uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander m- map, it's very different to what is taught yes yeah yeah okay so let's get on to welcome to country so I'll just explain what welcome to country is as most listeners would understand it but I'm really glad that you're here to unpack it so most listeners would understand this as a ritual um or a form of a ceremony performed as a land acknowledgement which happens at most events And of course, the purpose we would all understand is to show respect by acknowledging and upholding Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultural protocols. So it's basically for us, it's recognising 
um, the First Nations presence in this land before colonization, right? And it's usually performed by a traditional owner. And we all have heard the kind of wording, you know, like I'd like to acknowledge that this meeting is being held, like what you did at the start, uh, and to pay my respects to elders both past and present. That's the kind of wording that we usually hear. Um, so can I ask, first of all, what is the difference between welcome to country and acknowledging the land we're on? You know, sometimes they just acknowledge the land. Other times they do more, more of a ceremony. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. uh, well, a welcome to country is, is somebody of that country welcome welcoming to country <laughs> yeah so, for example um i'd like to explain it uh, when you're visiting somebody's house you don't mm -hmm. just rock up you know there's an invitation they open the door you say oh welcome to our home uh please come in we're so grateful that you're here here's the kitchen here's the toilet um is there anything that you need or just let me know mm -hmm. um are you allergic to dogs <laughs> you can't come to my house then <laughs> Um, so a welcome to country is that is somebody of that country of that who has connection, um, blood connection to that country mm -hmm. that they're welcoming into their home, their country. Yeah. Um, acknowledgement is somebody who doesn't have connection to that country who was a visitor there. Okay. And acknowledging saying that, yes, I'm in somebody else's home. Okay. I acknowledge that this is Pastor Renee's home sitting on a lounge this is billy over here hi billy like it's it's yeah it's a conversation two-way conversation so there's one welcoming saying hey come the other one is i'm acknowledging that i'm coming into your home okay you are the first person to ever explain that difference and i think we've got it a, a little bit mixed up like even when i was researching about it they were interchanging the two and I'm like, I don't think you can interchange them. So if I was speaking somewhere, I mine would be an acknowledgement to country because I am not of Aboriginal yes. or Torres Strait Island background. If you were doing it, yours would be a welcome to country if that was the country that you'd come from because you are actually saying, hey, this is my land, welcome. Yeah. Got it. I reckon that's cleared up a lot of confusion, May, honestly. <laughs> Even even things like that that are so probably basic that we should know that we don't know. Okay, let's distinguish then the difference between what I explained before as the modern version of Welcome to Country. I think that, well, I should let you explain this. Is, is there a difference between what Welcome to Country is in your mind and what you are seeing with us here in Australia, every single event we go to, whether it's the football, whether it's a school graduation, whatever it is, there's a either acknowledgement or welcome to country. Is there a difference between modern and traditional? I think the big difference is the relationship. There's no relationship. Yeah. Like, for example, you wouldn't, let's go back to the, welcoming someone into your home analogy yeah you wouldn't just welcome anyone off the street that you haven't initiated a relationship with to come into your home okay and vice versa like a stranger wouldn't just bust into your house and yeah 
acknowledge that they're in your home respectfully. I think what's missing is the relationship and mm. that's what that's what's not making it genuine that's what's taking away yeah it being genuine and meaningful is it's now become something that's just ticking a box or mm. we're appropriating it to because this mm. is what we have to do because we don't want to offend or whatnot yeah. it's the the biggest thing that I'm seeing is the relationship's not there so the exchange of somebody welcoming and also someone acknowledging is not there. So we're doing something that we think is correct, but we actually don't fully understand it. Yep. Like, so maybe- I, I guarantee you most people who are doing acknowledgement to country have never actually met the traditional custodians of that country that they're acknowledging. I never have. Like, so the, yeah, the relationship factor is not there to make it genuine and meaningful. So I looked back at where, where the history is on how this all started, because it didn't used to be this way growing up for me. Like we never did a welcome to country or acknowledgement of the land anywhere. And so, but in saying that, apparently historically in 1976, there's these two musicians. I actually remember Ernie Dingo because he used to be on one of the Australian travel shows. Mm-hmm. Ernie Dingo and Richard Wally, so two in uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander, I think they were, see, I don't even know if they were Aboriginal Torres Strait Island descent. I want to use the word Indigenous because I'm not sure. I'm probably getting it wrong, May. <laughs> we can no. be wrong this day. I can be wrong. But they were performing at the Perth Fringe Festival in 1976 and they were asked by another group of Polynesian performers, right, so two Maori and two Cook Islanders, and they said to Ernie and Richard, hey, can you do a welcome to country because that's what their spiritual beliefs dictated. So it's exactly what you're saying. We're coming into your country to perform. Can you welcome us? And so they did, and apparently everyone loved it. Now, Wally, by the way, or Richard, asked his community elders first and he was given permission, which I find interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. I hear you talk a lot about this. Like even when we were deciding to do this podcast today, you were very aware of being respectful and like you spoke to some, um, I'll, I'll call them elders, but mm-hmm. some older people, right, to see if it would be okay. Like should you do this? Is this okay? Whereas we don't ask, we just all do it at different events so that seems to be the history and then in 2008 the day before Kevin Rudd did the I'm um the historical apology the I'm sorry um first I'm sorry uh day the day before they did the first welcome to country to um open up the beginning of federal parliament and then now they do it ever since Mm. and I've forgotten why I even said any of that but oh that's where it seems to have come come from Mm. So what do you think about it? Because you were talking about the house analogy. Mm-hmm. I kind of see it like I broke into your house, right? And then I've told you that's now my house mm-hmm. and I'm going to live here. You can stay, but I own your house now, right? And then after a while, I've realized I've probably done the wrong thing. So I say sorry to you and then to make myself feel better, I'm now going to make you welcome everyone that comes into my home, which is actually your home. Mm. That's kind of how, when I really unpack it, to me, that's what it seems like. What do you think? I think you've hit the nail right on the head. 
I think, um, I think, and, and I need to acknowledge that I'm, I'm also somebody who's continuously learning yeah. in my culture as well. Yeah. And so, um, anything that I say or do is always a learning thing for me as well. So I, I'm never always right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But and um, you're not speaking on behalf of absolutely everyone just like I'm not. Yeah. But I mean I just lost my train of thought. Oh, because we we're talking about the house and how we think that by doing this welcome to country, it's like, well, it's gonna fix everything. When really it's actually not fixed anything. Yeah. It hasn't yeah. actually acknowledged the real thing of what's actually happened, which is that I'm actually living in your home. And now I'm just making you welcome everyone. Yeah. Um, it is quite difficult to to welcome somebody who's set up camp in your home. Like yeah. that's really, really hard. I think that's where the contesting, um, uh, that's where it's it's quite split and divided as to should we do it, should we not do it. Um, but I think that how that's done is, again, comes back to relationship with traditional custodians. Like how do you, how do they want to be acknowledged and how do they want to welcome? Like rather than saying, oh, this is how we want you to welcome. Mm. Uh, we want you to welcome and do a smoking um, and acknowledge the people in the room and all of the delegates and ABCD. It actually should be the other way around. Like how do you want to do a welcome if you want to do a welcome? Like I've been in welcomes where elders, traditional owners have said, we don't welcome you because we didn't welcome you. Like all we can say is we wish you well going home. Like that's it. Really? Is that like yeah. you face that as a part of your, uh, your roles in your jobs over the years? Yep. Yeah. I've been, I've been in welcome to countries where traditional owners and elders have stood up and said, like, we do not welcome you here. Because they didn't invite you? Because you weren't invited. Right. Give an invitation for you to be here. So yeah, this is not just going to be a token welcome. Right, and so say. they're not being rude to you. They're, they're going by the genuine uh, original intent for the welcome to country, which is if we'd invited you, then we would do it. But you saying to me, hey, we're going to come, now welcome us, please, yeah. is backwards. Yeah, yeah. We've got it a little bit wrong, I reckon. <laughs> what do you think then, what 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 about then if like, okay, I'm I'm, I don't know the original traditional landowners and so I can't do a welcome to country. Is that where the acknowledgement comes in? But is it kind of, yes. is that seen in the same light still? Like it's just ticking a virtual signal box? I think if it comes down to being genuine and there's no right or wrong way to doing an acknowledgement and it's definitely like I, I've had to explain this as well to international uh, First Nation and Indigenous people as well, because they've asked the same questions, like how do we respectfully acknowledge traditional custodians and owners of country? And I just said, you know, as long as your your intention is always genuine mm. um, and you're acknowledging that you are a visitor, that you're on somebody else's country and their home and that they do have values and law l-o-r-e um and yes. that they do have a living culture 
that you're respecting all of that and that you're going to be respectfully entering and walking their country. Yeah. I think that's the best that we can do. There's no right or wrong way about doing acknowledgement. As long as it's a genuine intention that you're acknowledging you're in somebody else's home. Yeah. I think that's where we go wrong as well. Like most acknowledgements is it's like your stock standard two sentences. Yeah. Everybody's out. Like <laughs> Yeah. Like it is a tick box. Yeah. What what would make it a more genuine acknowledgement? Yeah. I mean my when I acknowledge country where I'm working or where I'm visiting, where I live, it, it changes all the time. It's always different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's not a routine. Yeah. It's what you have yeah. to say. Yeah. I always keep in mind, this is just for myself. Yeah. I always keep in mind, you know, how do I respectfully, if I'm in my grandmother's house, how would I respectfully conduct myself in her home? Yes. And even for Sese, my son, and my future children to come, what do I want to teach them about also respecting other people as well? Yeah. And so when I'm giving an acknowledgement, that's the that's the lens that I always see it with is, you know, I'm in my grandmother's home. Yeah. How do I conduct myself? You know, I don't just go put my feet up on the lounge. A lot of people do. <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I make sure that she's okay. I, I mm. you know, ask her if there's anything that she needs. So it comes from that that genuine place of honour and respect, I think, culturally. Do you, do you think that we are overusing it in Australia by just doing it at every event? I think it's it's important that we do have it. Yeah. But I think again it should be it should be something that is guided by those traditional custodians. Yeah. Do you do you think maybe the reason it's done I mean, I know we can't unpack everyone's intent. We don't know everyone's yeah. hearts for every event that happens around Australia. But in general, do you feel like it's a little bit of a get out of get out of jail free card because it's like oh we, we've done our bit we've we've said sorry we do our acknowledgement to country or welcome to country all good off we go and really it's becoming an excuse to gloss over some of the real issues that are bubbling underneath I mean oh that's a really tough one to answer tough one isn't it but I think you've hit the nail right on the head I think it is an opportunity for people to not address language and issues that are current because of the fear of being cancelled or being sued or like all of the politically correct and, you know, implications that can happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we've lost the heart. We're missing the soul and the heart a little bit of what the intention should be. Yes. Perhaps. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, look, this is a really big question and we don't have to completely answer it today, but this is, I think, how a lot of people think. 
Like I remember Ashton, who everyone will know is my youngest. I remember him coming home from school one day and they do a lot of um, the Australian history now. All of the content's changed and so it does acknowledge a lot of what has happened. And uh, But they were talking about the saying sorry and I remember he came home and he goes, we've said sorry like so many times, but I don't understand what more we can do. And sometimes I think maybe people feel that way and that's why they do the welcome to country as well. This is the other side of the coin. Maybe that's why they do the welcome to country or because the, they're like, what else can we do? And so I think maybe what's not happening are the real conversations underneath because is there really relationship? Are we really listening mm. to mm. people? I, I, don't, I don't know. But I, and I remember saying to Ashton, I don't know either, bud. And I don't know that anyone knows. Mm. I don't know if you have any thoughts around that. I mean, generationally, like we, as you know, we inherit stuff Yeah. spiritually, you know, whatever we go through in life, we also inherit, you know, people say you're short-tempered because you've inherited that from your father. Yeah. But really it's, you know, like a learnt behaviour that's been passed down and who knows you know, that father's been through or, you know, generationally there's things that happen that shape people's views and, and how they navigate life and mm. all those little things. So I think, you know, there there is a lot of work to do because the reality is generationally, you know, the the trauma of stolen generation only happened like one or two generations behind me which yeah. is not that long ago um and there's it's still happening now where in the system there are aboriginal and torres Strait islander children who have been removed from their families and their culture and their identity and are in that system where they cannot find or connect to who they are culturally which is yeah. actually a really big thing to grounding who they are and as christians you know it's kingdom culture that grounds us Mm. so like with that lens you know how do we I guess it is a question how do we work through people people who are hurting yeah you know hurt people and yeah I think we just got to look at it with that perspective especially as Christians like there are people who are hurting who have inherited hurt um you know like there are elders who generationally that they're, they're from that generation where they don't talk about stuff yeah but their children know and their grandchildren know. So it's now on their the generations after them to try the healing process or try right. to to seek justice or, you know, like I, I just see hurt people. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's probably a really good way and an honest way of looking at it. Um, and you've got a Christian worldview. You're you're a Christian. So this is a, another really interesting aspect to your story because you must look at everything that's happened through that Christian worldview as well, mm. where you probably would agree that, like, I don't know that the answer is to keep saying I'm sorry because the only way for real reconciliation is for two parties to move toward one another. And mm. so 
we can say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but that's not really doing anything. And of course, we've got the Christian perspective of forgiveness, which doesn't make it okay, but it means that we can start moving toward one another. Like I'm not mm. moving toward one another. Do you know what I mean? It's like, mm. I, and I feel, and this is where I feel like the welcome to country is more of a political tick box mm. than it is a genuine moving toward mm. Aboriginal Torres Strait Island people and actually having actual healing, which I think can only come through through God. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally so agree. how do you live that out? Like how do you mm. balance your Christian worldview with your cultural roots which are both yeah. strong yeah i i believe that um my walk with god is always priority is always first in my life mm. and that my moral compass is always god-centered above all and everything that i do as a woman as a wife um and as somebody who is of aboriginal torres strait connection um and i i believe that with that lens of christian worldview and perspective and most importantly with the holy spirit yeah that holy spirit as my compass my moral compass and lead discerning mm. true north yeah that Everything that I know culturally, I have to see it through a, a God perspective. Yeah. I have to see God in it. I have to see God in creation. I have to see God in looking after the land, looking after the air, looking after the sea, looking after one another. Um, you know, the 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 whole thing about Aboriginal, the beautiful thing about Aboriginal Torres Strait culture is we're actually deeply rooted in community. Yes. Like you don't just have one mother or one father, like your aunties and uncles are your mothers and fathers as well. Yeah. Your, your nieces and nephews are actually like your sons and daughters as well. So it's this beautiful kinship system of community and carrying each other and that everything, our walk in life doesn't just rest on, you know, three generations back or three generations forward, it's actually like community. We're together. Yeah. Which is really, which I think is really, really beautiful. And and with the Christian worldview, like that aligns completely with who we are as a church. It's all about community. It's about carrying each other. It's about um, walking with each other through healing and through restoration and celebrating good and 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 championing each other. Like that's, I see a lot of godly values in culture that I make sure that um, I, I pass on to my my children as well and 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 hold as values in my family. So, mm. and then there are there's the other side too that culturally there are things that don't align spiritually or yeah. with the Word of God that I have to use the Holy Spirit to discern actually. Yeah that is something that I'm not agreeing with and that I'm not 
continuing to pass on as a value to my children. Yeah. Um, so like, I do believe that there are a lot of, there's a lot of God in a lot of yeah. culture. Um, but it's, again, it's only through that relationship with God, that one-on-one relationship and with the Holy Spirit that we can only discern what is of God and what is, is not. Yeah. That's so beautifully said. I was just thinking as you were talking, it your perspective is so interesting and unique because at the same time, a lot of I'm seeing a lot of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people deconstructing their faith mm-hmm. because really the Christianity was brought here by the same people who they would see as uh, you know, brought, you know, colonized them, for example. And so there would probably be people in the Aboriginal Torres Strait Island culture that would really struggle with your perspective on that. Mm. Um, do you, I'm sure you come across that. Uh, yes, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot. Um, and like everybody has their own walk and their own journey. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, everybody's accountable to yeah. their actions and what they believe. And I can only measure my own walk with God. Mm. And if my my relationship with God and the Holy Spirit isn't healthy, then what I know is true ends up becoming twisted and warped. And, oh, yeah, I can take bits and pieces of the Bible here and I can take bits and pieces of uh, my cultural values here and I can put them together and I can make this one big beautiful cultural spiritual value that I hold true but there's no truth to it because at the end of the day like I've I don't it's not God-centered in my life yeah and also you know the word of God says that if we are taking bits and pieces out of the word like that's not truth either (laughs) yeah that's right that's right we're cherry picking the parts like you know that's that's borderlining witchcraft like (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna dabble in the spiritual world and then i'm gonna dabble over here with what i like and you know totally Totally. all of a sudden we're agreeing to stuff that doesn't value people's lives or yeah. doesn't value children, doesn't value marriages, doesn't value family, doesn't value um, community. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden we're we're compromising, compromising yeah. stuff because it's not based on the word of God. And as yeah. far as like Christianity being introduced by colonizers, yeah, yeah, I recognize that. But my relationship is one-on-one with God. Yes. It's with nobody else. So that accountability rests on me and God. And that would be the same as for me being a pastor and people saying the church has hurt me and the church this and the church that. I'm like, yeah, but the church is not God. It's not your walk with God. And so my my perspective was always, yes, people are going to be people, but I answer to God for my life and I love God and I go to church because I love God, not be not because the church is perfect. 
and I think that's you're saying the same thing. Yeah, it might have been mm. brought up by colonizers, but at the end of the day, it's God that we're accountable to, not the people. Mm. Yeah. So just to just to finish off, May, I mean, I think for me, the thing that's probably come out of it the most is I've been able to reconcile a little bit in my mind that I definitely do see a lot of virtue signaling, which really annoys me. You know me. I like mm-hmm. bearing down. And if I can sniff something out and it's not genuine, I'm like, I don't like it. But in me not liking that, it doesn't mean that I don't like hearing the welcome to country. But I loved hearing you say when it comes out of genuine relationship, um, that is that is where it's at. That's, that's, I think the most healthiest place to be, but I do have a feeling a lot of it is protection from being, mm. you know, um, canceled or whatever, but do you have anything finally that you want to add or anything that I haven't asked that you would like to say? No, as- oh. no, I was just saying thank you for having me. I know this, this conversation has been, it's been a tricky one to navigate, but I know that it's really important, especially as, I'm yeah. a man, a Christian and um, an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander yeah. woman that, you know, there is, there has to be some healthy conversation around this sort of stuff too. And I really appreciate you coming on because I've actually wanted to do this for a long, long time, but I didn't want to do it by myself because that didn't quite feel right. And I didn't know anyone else that I could have that I knew well enough that I could actually ask questions that, and, you know, I, I trusted you um, implicitly to be able to give both perspectives um, and you're not in any way bitter or angry. I think your heart is like you said, to see the hurt and to move in with love. And I just love your perspective on it because I think that is far more helpful than an argument. I didn't want an argument pitting mm against each other you know mm. so great anyway Cameron and I love you and Cisa and Miss Essie make sure he's practicing those drums I know he's only 16 months but the kid can already drum I know I've got lots of dents in my walls from drumsticks <laughs> being tapped everywhere oh my gosh well, May, thank you for um for joining us and for being so honest today and for navigating a difficult conversation with such grace and wisdom. Thank you for having me.